Episode 13 is where we're at now. Yeah. They say unlucky for some. Not unlucky. Not, no, it's just silly, isn't it? Rubbish. I mean, how can a podcast be unlucky? That's just crazy talk. This Cut is to the... us, this being our last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> in the end, we'll have somebody else doing a voiceover saying, and Glyn and David died in a podcast-related incident. Yeah. Um, they're only identifiable by their dental records. Uh, that could happen. It probably won't happen. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. If it does, please feel free to add that voiceover. As I say, it's episode 13 of the More Than Mostly Comedy podcast. Uh, just one interview tonight. Just one. Yeah, just one, but it's a good one. It's with James Acaster, so that's yes. a good person to be interviewing. Uh, we didn't have time to interview Nish, who was here. Nish Kumar as well was on this evening. We just didn't have time. It wasn't personal, but it's fine, because he was on. Let me just check. You keep talking, Glenn. Yeah. When was he on? When was he on? You're talking uh, about when he was on the last on the More Than Most of Comedy podcast? Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to scam, re- scam read it now. Scam, like scam, scam reading, reading it. He's not, he's not really reading it. No. He's just scam reading it. It's a scam. Know? Do you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He was on one. He, so he listen to Fairly one. recently. So you can just go back through our list of podcasts and find him talking. Yeah. And it's really good. It's It'll really be listed on listen. iTunes. You'll be able to find it. It's fine. You yeah. don't have to listen to them all and then go, oh, well, he's not, you know, you know, he's not on this one. You'll so see you, it. It's listed. Just, it's there in the title. Yeah. So stop complaining in your mind. Um, before we start and we go on to James A. Caster, I need to point out I made a bit of a mistake in the last podcast. Really? I, I gave some information that was incorrect. What? What information? I don't know if you remember we were talking about diagnosis murder. Yes. I said a couple of lies, which I've now addressed. Um, I said that it ran for about 10 or 11 seasons. Uh-huh. Actually, eight. Uh, my girlfriend picked me up on this. Also, I said it ran from the sort of mid-80s mm-hmm. to like the early 2000s. It actually started in 1993 and ended in 2001. That is so inaccurate. Also, I corrected you when you said that uh, somebody from Happy Days was in it. Uh-huh. And I, I sort of implied that there wasn't. There was someone from Happy Days. Yeah. I was thinking about a guy who was in Greece. Who Chachi. Played, yes. Uh, whereas, is that the Greece character? Or is that That's the, the character from Happy Days. That Chachi. was my mistake. I assume that that was the character in uh, Greece, which Might is be as well. Norman Briggs played. He's one of the guys in the, you know, the bit of the car and stuff. He's one oh, of the main yeah. guys in it. So I'd like to apologise to uh, any fans of Diagnosis Murder, any fans of Dick Van Dyke, any fans of Greece, Happy Days, uh, anyone, anyone me, who worked the on the way. team, and you as well. Last, you're last on the list. <laughs> I'm going to get through everyone else. Anyone who worked on Diagnosis Murder between 93 and 2001, and also Murder 101, the series that followed it. I, I gave him incorrect information. I'm sorry. I hope it won't affect your enjoyment of either this podcast or any of Dick Van Dyke's various pieces of work. Um, so I'm sorry about that. I'm very, very sorry. I'm sorry that I lied. Well, you should be. I know. I'm so- but I, I did my research. I looked it up. But, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that your girlfriend picked you up on that as well. Mm. Really well, glad because, um, yeah, you deserve to be sorry. I'm, 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 that very wrong information that I'm you just misinformation it's just yeah. lies and I yeah. acted like I knew about it I thought I was a fan I thought I was a fan I didn't even know that it ran from 93 to 2001 it makes me doubt it makes me doubt all those uh, Beatles facts it makes me doubt everything I doubt all those, that, yeah. those Wings information the Paul McCartney information I know nothing I've been panicking I first don't. time I met you I said I was a fan of the Beatles yeah. I panicked I've, I've sort of like every time before I've met you I've done a lot of research quickly yeah. just to learn a fact to bring it in yeah. I just and also, I'm just a confidence trickster. I just sort of say it with confidence. Yeah. And, you know, I say to you that, you know, I don't know, Paul McCartney played bass left-handed. Yeah. And, you, you just, why and, then, would you and, then, and then I go away, and then I tell people these things, mm. and, then, and I wonder why they look at me strangely. And this is why I was afraid. I was afraid that if I didn't correct the mistakes I made about diagnosis murder, that mm. you might be just confidently going into situations and talking about how, you know, whatever it was, that it started in the mid-80s. Yeah. And I was lying. And yeah. you were lying without even knowing. And yeah. that's why I felt I had to address this right. and... Put the you know put it right. So I hope we're clear on that now. Yes. Um, 
question anything I say, basically, on the podcast. Do, do your own research. Make sure that I'm not lying to yeah. you. But anyway, now we have an interview with James Acaster. It's our only one in tonight's podcast. Uh, we should start off by pointing out we talk about Mad John quite a lot. We should explain <laughs> who Mad John is, yes. really. Yeah, he, he was um, a heckler who appeared at our, I think it was our third mostly comedy. He didn't appear, he walked I say appear. He, yeah, it wasn't he, he like was, a sort of incantation. Yeah, it, it wasn't magic, it, it was no. he just a real person. He yeah. came into our, our se- third mostly comedy, wasn't it? That Jay, second. Second mostly comedy yeah. that uh, we ever did at the George in Hitchin, to put it into mm. a place that it, it was. Look on Google um, Maps, we're yeah. at the Market Theatre now, look at the George, the George in Hitchin. George in Hitchin, and um, he, he came in and, and um, basically heckled his way through the whole evening. And I mean, he's the sort of person, I mean, he suits the name Mad John he in was. the sense that he's just a little bit out there. Yeah. Um, I, I remember saying after he'd, and he basically just affected the whole show. We just basically all talked to him rather than do any material. And I remember recounting then the story when I used to be in my band, Big Day Out. And we played a gig and he was doing the same sort of thing heckling then. And I thought I had it in control and I saw yeah. him and he looked at me, he eyeballed and he had two ice creams in his hands with cones and he just slammed them both on his forehead <laughs> and carried on dancing. That was the moment when I realised I was out of my depth here. Yeah. There's nothing I can say. This man is prepared to just stick ice cream straight, you know, like brain freeze with ice cream. Did he do it while kind of staring at you? Yeah, it was like it was purely for me, purely Excellent. for my benefit. <laughs> I don't even know, how would you buy two ice cream cones? Because how well, do you pan yeah. the money over? Because you he... get given them and then yeah. you, you'd have to have somebody else giving you the money. I'm, I just... I don't know. Maybe he put one on his head it's before. A, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort to go to just to kind of Bible you and then yeah. slam him onto your face. Yeah, onto his face, not onto my his face. face. Sorry, your my face. face. Just, yeah, just to clarify, just in case, again, anyone was there and, yeah. and want to discount my story. Yeah, how, do I believe you? Not it's, sure. I promise you it's true. 93 to 2001, okay? Are we okay. clear? Okay, uh, So, yeah, that's Mad John. That's explain that. Uh, sit back. I always say this. I'm not going to say this now. Don't sit back. Stand. Stand really <laughs> uncomfortably yeah. and listen to this. Here we are with James A. Castor. What's happening? What's Hi happening? guys, yeah. how you doing? You're <laughs> right. like good, thank you. Good to see there. you both. Yeah, and you. We were saying that you played the second ever mostly comedy, yeah. which was back in 2008, I think it was. What was the lineup? You, you. Trent, uh, Stav Black, <laughs> Spanx Ballet, maybe. Pros- quite often yeah. at that point. And us. Mad John. Mad John. Mad John. Yeah. It was Mad John. Mad yeah. John night. Yeah. You just took the whole thing over, didn't you? Really? We yeah. were talking about that earlier because it, it was it what was all about that. The whole night yeah. was about him. Yeah, so you, it yeah. sort of worked. It sort of well from an outside point. I of view. felt bad about it afterwards. <laughs> I felt bad. I, I was a new comic, and yeah. I, I I thought that you deal with audience members by just going straight. I, I've seen yeah. Kitson call uh, an audience member a cunt, and, <laughs> and, and it go really well. And I yeah. thought that's how you deal with hecklers. So yeah, I called yeah. them cunts, paedophiles. Say I was gonna no, I didn't say I was gonna rape them by the clues. I called them rapists. There's <laughs> all sorts of awful things yeah. that yeah. I would just throw at them because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And even though I'd never say that in my normal life, but yeah. I yeah. hadn't learned that yet. I hadn't learned yeah. that you got to deal with them in your own way. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I can't. And everyone was loving it. So I just keep on saying it was yeah, a pedo yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then yeah. I remember being in the car on the way home with Trent and just going. I'm not sure I should have said that. And then, and, then, and then, like, for months afterwards, I'd occasionally bring up Mad John to Trent. Oh, really? go, I don't think I should have said that, Trent. And he'd go, no, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I'd go, right, OK, that's a lesson. That's a lesson learned. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think you had much choice, though, to be fair. No. I seem to remember you started fairly gentle. And yeah. then it got, you know... I wouldn't no do that today. I, I deal no. with Mad John today in a different way, and I'd, yeah. I'd like to think it would go better. But, uh, was that was that quite early on in your gigging life? Must have been, yeah. Because I, I remember when you, you... What month was it? Do you know what month it, it was? was? November? First one was in October. November, November, November 2008. Yeah. yeah. So that would be my first year of stand-up. Started in was January it? 2008. Oh, you started January really. that year. Because I remember looking, because when you, I think you contacted us through MySpace, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Um, and um, looking actually, it at your gigs. Actually, that it, it was a bit I remember MySpace-y. You put PS, Facebook. PS, I'm not a dick. Yeah. I yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I probably did that because um, 
uh, I I sent loads of emails when I first started to loads mm. of people on Facebook. Yeah. I didn't know anyone yet. You have zero yeah. contacts when you first start yeah. out. And I lived in Kettering, so yeah. I couldn't just turn up at nights. Yeah. So I had to like find Facebook groups for gigs and just go, oh, hi, I wonder if I can have a gig. Yeah. And sometimes, if you could, I think back then you couldn't message a group, a Facebook no. group. Yeah. You had mm. to either message the admin or write on the wall. Yeah. And um, I would just write on the Facebook wall sometimes, right. like, hi, I'm a new comic, I'd love a gig. Yeah. And someone... Uh, called Karen O'Novak, and I don't give a shit if she hears this, uh, which I'm sure she won't, but like, you know, she sent me an email, or a Facebook message just saying, um, so you've been spamming a lot of the uh, the Facebook group pages for comedy gigs, right. uh, this is not on, you, you're going you're gonna to get yourself a reputation for being very annoying before you've even started in stand-up, right. just turn up at open mic nights and go to auditions like everybody else does, right. I'm telling you this out of the goodness of my own heart, oh, and right. not to engage in a debate with you. And no, I will not give you a gig. Right, really. That was, and I know that because I found it again recently. Really. <laughs> so I remembered it, and I, I, I found it again yeah. to send to um, my friend Josh because he loves stuff from some back when. I was right. like, remember this? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I read it to about five people that day, going, oh, "Karen Novak, she lent me this." Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, we were saying, "Hitchin, we knew nobody. Yeah, we'd already used everyone from my school. We did. Yeah. We literally like, gone around. Yeah. And then you sent a message. Our oh, one brilliant. comic friend, and that was it. And then it was like, yeah, someone yeah. else, someone yeah. else from outside. Did the only like... ten minutes of material we had in the first one. Like, yeah. fucked it. Yeah. So we, no we needed that message from you. Yeah. At that point, we looked at your gigs list, and you had tons of gigs booked. We were like, "Fucking hell, this guy, this guy's gigging. This is a good, you know." If not, then certainly soon after. That yeah. technique yeah. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, exactly. I was told was, so was annoying. Clearly, was she was not. <laughs> I was just I was just throwing shit everywhere. Yeah, and then got enough that I could start myself up in comedy. When when you live, you know, an hour outside of London on the train, uh-huh. and it's twenty five quid a time return. Yeah. yeah, and you've got a part time job at kitchen, and that's it. You've yeah. got to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. there's absolutely no choice. It worked. Yeah. It worked. So, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, it works. My job now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I don't really think Karen Novak's doing much in comedy. <laughs> I, I, I don't recognise that name. No, no I've, I've heard the name. Yeah, I, 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 not, it doesn't get to me now. <laughs> We've had similar instances, yeah. but we, we won't say that on here because it's, it's still quite raw. But we'll yeah, share that. another time. We'll probably cut this little moment. There's mm. people. Um, you started out in bands, didn't you? you yeah, drummer. Was, yeah, how did the sort of transition to comedy happen? Was it? I, um, I just the band, uh, the band that I was in that I really loved and wanted to, I wanted that to be the thing that I did. Mm. Stopped, and I didn't want to form another band. Right. Like I just, yeah. I was tired of. I was always the one t- telling people, you know, I've booked us a practice studio, come yeah. here, I've booked us a gig, go there, and, and all, all this, and feeling, and I'd come up and go, come on guys, I've got some new drum beats that I've made up, have you got some new guitar riffs? And, oh, no, not yet, and, and, all, and uh, whatever, and um, eventually I was in this band with, with my friend Graham, who was a hard worker like me, and I was like, this is right. great, we're both working hard at it, and then when that stopped, I was like, I can't be bothered with more people just going, oh, no, not really, hmm. so like, I kind of just, I wanted to do something else, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, and um, it's quite a long story how I eventually decided to do comedy. But basically, I thought I should go to Kenya and uh, do some like uh, aid work there. Right. Okay. And uh, and then I didn't go uh, <laughs> because I couldn't go because there's fighting had broken out and I couldn't do it. And someone had told me try stand up um, right. because they'd seen me do a gig. They'd seen they'd seen me do a stand up gig <laughs> when I I'd done it while I was in the band. But that was just because I was bored. Mm-hmm. And I did a skydive. I did some stand-up comedy, and it was just a, mm-hmm. so, so. When I was an old man, yeah. I could say I did stand-up once, right, and I'd enjoyed yeah. the stand-up gig. Mm-hmm. But you know, I thought I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to yeah. do that properly. And then when the band stopped, someone who's seen me do the gig said you should do that. And I'd actually gone to them for advice to go and uh, right. do go to Kenya. It was a long story. It was, it was a vicar 
Like, um, it, it was what led to me definitely being an, an agnostic, uh, the whole experience. But it's like the only time in my life I've ever considered, because uh, my parents are religious, right. so um, I knew a lot about, you know, uh, call-ins and stuff like that. Yeah. And I felt this very, like, massive thing of, like, go to Kenya, you've got to go to Kenya, right, you've got yeah. to do it. And I didn't want to, I was too scared, but it, it right. felt like it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, it feels like a religious thing, I don't really want to think about anything like that, really. So I went to, I went to give blood to balance right. my guilt out. I thought, <laughs> I'll give blood, I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And I went to give blood, and my friend Matt was there, who uh, uh, I hadn't seen in ages, and I was chatting to him, and I said, let's hang out after this, let's hang mm-hmm. out. And he was like, uh, well, I'm actually going to, uh, my, my kid's got a church service, I'm going to go to that, do you want to come to that? Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we can just go, it's only half an hour. So I went there with him, and the whole service was about all the stuff I've been thinking about, and I was like, oh, I can't handle this, I don't like this, this is really... <laughs> so then afterwards I went up to the vicar and was like, I have a chat with you about something, because I feel like I'm being told to go to Kenya, and I'm not really, I'm not really sure about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had a chat with him, and he basically just went, what skills have you got to take to Kenya? <laughs> and I was like, what, 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 what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, can you build... You're yeah. a builder, you're going to build houses and wells. And I was like, oh, I can't, I'm not, I'm not a builder, but I'll go and I'll help people. He was like, well, <laughs> well you, you, you know, you walk big on organising, like, you know, big teams of people to do stuff. Can you be like, a, I was like, well, no, not really. He's like, he's like, what can you do? What talents have you got? And I was like, I'm a drummer. And he went, right, this is going to sound bad, but I think they've got enough drummers in Africa. I don't think you need to <laughs> go there. And I was like, okay, mate, back, back off. Yeah. And, then, and then he was like, look, I just don't. I don't think you. I think if you go there, you're going to be another white person eating twice as much as they do, and eating up all their food, and you're not going to be bringing much skills there. It's going to be something for yourself. Just be a hindrance. And yeah, yeah you went. I saw you do comedy a few months ago. Maybe you should do that. Right. So wow. I started doing that, but I did go. But he completely drained any enthusiasm I had for thinking that there was. A, I kind of went. Right. Oh, he's kind of made me not. I was like, I'm firm now, firmly an agnostic, and don't believe yeah, anything. Yeah. But like. Um, but I did. But then some, some, some of my religious friends go. But then you started doing stand up, and now you, and now it's your job. Yeah. You're going. I don't think. I yeah. think this is. A, if I'm going around saying that this is a spiritual calling, I am being a proper bellend. <laughs> like this is not. This is not what this is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I kind of became firmly agnostic and uh, started doing stand up because a vicar told me to. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's the kind. That's of the, the best excuse I've ever heard for doing stand up. Yeah. yeah. That's the be- Yeah. Brilliant. And how how did it feel like going from because obviously you used to be in a band and stuff, and even if you were sort of driving the band, yeah, to then do a thing when you're on your own and doing stuff. To yourself. begin with, I was just completely. The first six months was horrible, yeah. and I was I, I was gigging all the time because I was making myself gig all the time because I felt mm. I got to throw myself into it. I didn't want to be sitting around bored, mm. but I was so much doubt, and I'd, I'd have a month mm. of it going well and a month of it going awfully, just alternating like that, and mm. I wouldn't understand either way because you're learning mm. that from yeah. scratch. I was like, oh, I knew how to play drums, but I was teaching drums, you know, and now I don't know how to do something. I'm doing something I haven't got a yeah. clue how to do it, mm. and you know, I thought, oh, I never made. You're not really thinking that I can make my friends laugh, but you are like, mm. I never understood what makes people laugh. You just mm. realise I've never understood it. I didn't go on a course or anything, so it's like, mm. this is proper, I don't know yeah. what is funny, and I'd go on and improvise a lot of the time, and wouldn't repeat material. And, yeah. and um, I just didn't understand it, and it took me about six months to get a routine I liked that would work consistently, and then I was mm. able to get my teeth into it and go, right, why does this work all the time? Mm. And what is it about you that makes this routine work? And then I, my main thing was just focusing on myself and not other people, right. and what makes me funny. Because yeah, yeah. I, I was just, otherwise, I was all at sea. I mean, I remember very early on you coming here 
intending to do an hour and it was one of like the first times you'd done an hour yeah. well, it wasn't like leading up to Edinburgh or anything yeah. and I remember you really I think you were on the same night as David Trent yes. and you really wanted to do that but then it didn't really happen because yeah. Leon was in the audience and you were sort of talking to him and you ended up not really maybe doing improvised much. for yeah, most yeah. of it yeah. but yeah. you Which, could see the passion there of you really desperately wanting to do it and going oh fuck I'm not going to get to do the hour yeah. I wanted to try out and yeah. it was yeah it's brilliant but it's my own fault I, I wasn't getting heckled I was just getting distracted by things yeah. I was yeah. just going into stuff do you think that was still a good training for you, though? Oh, yeah. Know? I remember you sent me the video of that, and I watched it. Oh, yeah. And I was actually like, oh, I actually like this. Yeah. Uh, it's actually all right. I, I kind of found it quite funny. Mm. And um, I picked up on a lot of my mannerisms and how they were different when I improvised, you know, how I yeah. talked different to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I did rehearse stuff, I was like, oh, God, I think I'm funnier. My, just the way I am and the way I hold myself is funnier when I'm improvising. So yeah. I've got to learn to speak like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know. teaching yourself to act like yourself yeah it's a sort of bizarre concept isn't yeah, it? yeah for yeah. a lot of it yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. and I know Glyn went to see your possibly your first Edinburgh was your first Edinburgh with uh, Nick and Josh <laughs> Nick, yeah Nick and the, Josh the yeah, amazing yeah, the, transformation the, from that so, year I think 2009 when I turned up and I think I'd read that you guys were doing a show together like, yeah, like so outskirts of, Nick. of yeah. Edinburgh somewhere me and my uh, my wife Kelly, she we and a friend of ours, we turned up and there was no one else there. No, and we got there and you we went. Oh, sorry, there's no show, guys. We're going yeah. to do it. From literally from that to like a year later, I think it was where you're all doing like massive shows and or two years later two was years it? Later. Two it years was. later, we were all, years all later, doing, doing solo huge, shows. Yeah, but it is incredible to think how quickly that transformation from the three of you in that. Room. And wasn't your first conversation with Josh? You called him the wrong name. Yeah, I fucked it up with him <laughs> from the very start. I think I, I don't think he's ever liked me since. But it, yeah. it was like a pretty yeah. Because I knew James, because we'd had James and Nick at yeah. Mostly Comedy. And this then is I Josh think, Whittacombe and Nick Helm, just to explain. Yeah. And then, um, and then Josh, I think you might have mentioned, or someone might have mentioned that Josh maybe wanted to come and down and do Mostly Comedy. And I think mm. I just said, oh, you, Jim, or something. I called him <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, Jim. Yeah, really confident. Are you Jim? No, you're Josh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then just fucked it up from the start. But he still came and did Mostly Comedy, though. So, yeah, you know, did, the, yeah. did the door one. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. We all, we all yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, bizarre to think how quickly that kind of went from that sort of gig to... Oh, those yeah. two, I think, yeah. Like, Brilliant. It's great now, seeing mm. them both just yeah, on yeah. TV all, all the time. You, it's all three of you. You've all done yeah, but, great. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. oh, I'm more <laughs> happy for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, was being nominated for Foster's thing twice, mm. is, is that a... Is that a good thing, an encouraging thing? Is it also a, a bad thing in some ways? Do you, is it, does it... What does it Everything's a good thing and a bad thing. I think yeah. if, you, if you, like, you know... Um, it's, it's all in your own head. I, I think any time I felt it's a bad thing, it's because I'm having a bad gig and it's like yeah. a, a show after I've been nominated or everyone knows they're going to come and see a nominated show. So right. if it's going badly in my head, I'm going, it's because they expect all this, that and the other. But actually, if I'd done, you know, when I was doing my first show, I shouldn't get nominated for anything. Mm. That went bad. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I never went, that's oh, because they know I've been nominated. Because that had happened. I had to go, yeah. oh, I, guess, I guess it's not funny tonight. Yeah. So, you know, I think... You're always funny or not funny, you know, and I think it's definitely a good thing to be nominated twice, but uh, what's really important is that it's not a bad thing to never be nominated. I think that that's, mm. that's something that when people get really caught up in nominations, yeah, yeah. it's normally, you know, if they don't get nominated, they might think, oh, fuck, that's awful, but actually yeah. no one no. cares. No. <laughs> no one cares. If you get nominated, it can help you. If mm. you don't get nominated, it doesn't mean anything. You're not, it's not going to hinder you at all. You're fine. Yeah. Um, so I think they get blown out of proportion definitely mm. but uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have a little bit of a nod and um, yeah I mean, maybe for someone like me up until that like it was my second year in Edinburgh mm. the first year had gone well but I mm. um, uh, hadn't got nominated for anything the second year I was struggling for numbers for most of the run so mm. the nomination really helped go oh okay he's, he's relevant mm. still in, in a way yeah. but like you know he's to say I 
yeah, whether yeah. I needed it or not. I mean, no. you, you never know what would have happened otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. We, we probably should end there, shall yes. we? Yes. Yeah, um, thinking that's a sign. That's a see you later, guys. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, James. Weirdest ending ever. Yes. Weirdest ending ever to an interview. It was I like think. we all kind of, well, and we did. It was all, we all kind of sprinted out of the room. It's like we're waiting for a bus and yeah. the bus came. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've got to go, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was James A. Caster. Um, do check out his show. It was great. We saw it tonight. He's, all, he's one of our favourite acts yeah. here. He's, he really is very special. And yes. I mean that in a good way. Well, so special, in fact, that he's the only act, the only uh, comedy act we've ever had at Mostly Comedy that I've yeah. let stay at not just my house, but my parents' house. And it's worth pointing out at this stage that Glyn is the sort of person who doesn't even let me let me around his house. No, I don't think you know? you've ever stayed. We don't I don't know, know if you've never been, had been in your paper. house. I don't think. Generally, we work... I'm outside the window. Yeah. You don't let me in. No, you don't. It's like sort of segregation, but it's not a racist thing. It's just Glenn doesn't like anyone who wasn't born of his parents or in his family. No. So, so yeah, but for some reason, James Acaster, who's someone that we only met through the internet, as we've said in our interview, you let him in your house. I did. I don't know why. Was Was it sexual? Uh, There was a little bit of sexual sort of. What actual? actual. Did something happen? Did you consummate it? I can't. I can't comment on that. Not on a podcast. You just give me a little wink if you did. Just winked. He just winked, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So there yeah. we go. Um, yeah. So that's James A. Caster. Um, as I say, there's no other interviews now. Uh, we didn't have time. No. We could leave like a 10, 15 minute silence. Yeah. Where you could do your own interview with the people you're you're with at home. But we, we could pretend. We could make up an interview. We could. We could do. We could interview each other. I don't. I haven't got any questions. So no. Um, and who would I? Who who am I? You, well, you could be David F. Grave and I could be Glenn Doggett. But oh, okay. It would be. It would be awkward. You, I, you, I mean, you could use the same. I, how about we try using the same questions I wrote down for James Acaster? So I'll, I'll okay. interview you, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, what I'll do, I'll replace James with Glyn. Okay, okay, go for it, yeah. So, Glyn, uh, you, were, you were a drummer in a band uh, before you started doing comedy. What made you sort of make the transition into comedy? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, Bear in mind, I've got six questions here. Really? So, so, so am I answering these? Hang on, wait. You're answering as, as you. As me. I'm using James's questions for you. And I have to make these work for me. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was a drummer in a band. Could you give us a drum beat now? Uh, using the, the, the surfaces around sort you. Sort of. I think I can see why you went into comedy. Uh, also, you played the second of a mostly comedy. This is true. Yeah, yeah um, I did. How far into your comedy career... Comedy career was that? Uh, it was my second gig. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, Good. absolutely true. Uh, I put Mad John in brackets just as a reminder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, not, uh, when you first contacted me uh, to play mostly comedy yes. in a Facebook message or MySpace message, you said, P.S. I'm not a dick. Um, that's not a question, it's just a statement. I, I, don't, I don't remember that. But uh, yes, no, yeah, that's fine. Uh, we did, did doing three of them, two of them. No, that's, that's bollocks. Uh... How, when, when you did your first show, your yes. first solo show, yes. having done uh, various shows, you know, with, uh, with the show you did with Nick Helm and Josh Widdicombe, when yeah. you did your first solo show, was that did that feel like a big step? It, it really did feel, feel like a big step. Um, uh, you know, having worked with yeah. Nick Helm and, and Josh Widdicombe Both at Mostly Comedy yeah. um, it, at, at separate times, yeah. um, to do a solo show without them... Uh, yeah. Which is technically what I did. Yeah. Um, They're making this work. Is, this is yeah, good. That, that, yeah, it was it was a big step this is for like, them this not is a, to be yeah. there. They weren't there all of a sudden. You're like a politician. You're making this. You're not yeah. lying. No. Uh, I also put woman in loo. That's irrelevant. That's a, that's an anecdote that you, remember you, that you will remember. Yeah. Uh, trivia. I've put okay. only only at, oh, only at the stage and houses. You've said that. Yeah. Uh, final question. Well, no, two two more questions. Okay. Uh, you've been nominated for the comedy award twice. Uh, was that as bad as it was good for you? Was, was it? It it would be good. 
it yeah. would, would be good. Uh, it would definitely happened. not be bad if if that <laughs> if that happened. It'd be weird if that happened this year. You're happens. not in Edinburgh. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't that, know how that would happen. You'd have to be fucking good yes. to be nominated for the Comedy Award when you're not even in the city yeah, exactly. or even in the country, you know, potentially... which by then may not even be part of Britain. No. So... <laughs> Final question. Uh, you're currently recording a series for Radio 4. How's that going? Uh, in my head, amazing. Brilliant. Okay. So that was that's a, that's our additional interview there. We've, uh, yes. We yes, did very that well was, with that. Uh, that was that, interesting. That was it, yeah. I, I feel like I learned. We, we laughed and we learned. Yeah, we did. Mostly learned. Mostly learned. Really. Um, I was going to say, oh yeah, also just to let you know, if you do want to listen to Nish Kumar's other interview, just to feel like you're having the, the proper experience tonight, it was episode nine. Nine, okay. Episode nine. Okay. Um, there's lots of other episodes you can listen to, they're all free on iTunes, interviews with Phil Jupiter, Phil Kay, Sean Hughes, Norman uh, Lovett, Norman Lovett uh, Kevin Eldon, lots of people. Lots Look, of big people as well. Yeah, uh, some of them are smaller people, but yeah. they're, also, they're all equally famous. Yes. Uh, this was episode um, what was 13. It, 13. Thank you for listening. Um, hopefully see you at next month's Mostly Comedy if you listen to this in real time, which uh, features David Trent, Foster's nominee David Trent, obviously you being a Foster's nominee as I well. Am, yeah, we, yeah, we you share know what that, that feels like. That, yeah. And Ed Gamble as well yes. as his first appearance Mostly Comedy. Thank you for listening. Just before we go, just to remind you, eight seasons of, Di- of Diagnosis Murder. Uh, it ran from 93 to 2000 and the guy from Happy Days was in it thank you for listening yeah. uh, hopefully have your I'm not going to say I always say the same stuff I'm going to go I'm just going to say I'm going to go and look that up um, just to check that he is telling the truth yeah. and I will report back if it's wrong yeah don't trust me don't borrow money from me just no. don't just, just, just avoid don't. me at all costs really do avoid yeah. David F. Grave yeah uh, thank so. you for listening see you next time bye bye and when I say see I mean have you listening weird ending again